0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of Paradigm Shift, the podcast where we explore truth through forgotten knowledge. I am your host, Sergio Halabi, and in this episode, I'll be discussing the death of the goddess of the ancient world and the rise of the patriarchy. So let's go ahead and do the intro. In almost every book... Or study done to discuss the rise of the patriarchy and why men have taken control over the world it talks about pre-adamite time. Pre-adamite time means prehistoric times or pre or the times that came before Adam and Eve and this is when we knew that societies as we uh, name them hunter-gatherer societies, they always talk about the idea that the reason men were in charge and the reason of a patriarchal system was because men who were hunters at the time were more physically able and they would go out from caves or from tribes and spend their days hunting for animals to bring food, while women stayed back at home taking care of newborn babies or going out and collecting fruits and other type of food that needed gathering, which hence the name of hunters and gatherers. And this gives a very false idea as to what humanity at the time, or homo sapiens, let's call them that, at the time cared for and considered as sacred within society. Because given that there is a huge male energy influence in society ever since the rise of the first civilization in Sumeria, we believed that man was more sacred and that societies cared for the masculine energy, hence the rise of the patriarchy. However, this could not be further from the truth, because if we look at those societies that predates any history or any civilization, we notice something in common in all of them that is very surprising which is the importance of the feminine energy and how they in fact worshiped a goddess and not a god. Now before we move on we need to explain what is masculine and feminine energy. This is by no means male and female in fact this is simply traits retaining to each gender and the masculine energy is known by being logical structural strong driven focus as opposed to the feminine energy which is more fluid receptive empathetic emotional nurturing and so on and this was very important in pre-adamite societies in these hunter-gatherer societies because women were looked at as much more important they were sacred whereas men were more inclined to be the servant the person who go out and gets the work done works within the garden or even hunts for food and so on and This came to be proven by the existence of the first ever statue that was created in history of mankind, of any society ever. And this small statue is called Venus of Willendorf. It's a figurine made by clay and it was found in Europe and it was believed to belong to societies living there any time between 28 to 14,000 BC. So this was almost during the the Ice Age. And the reason why it was small, it was only 11 centimeters long, uh, was because at the time, hunter-gatherer societies were nomads. And they hadn't settled down yet. So it was 11 centimeters long. It has voluptuous figures. Some part of the body were extremely exaggerated these parts are associated with fertility and nurturing so you had the breasts which were extremely big and the tummy uh, was extremely big as long and that was associated with fertility and the ability for women to conceive and to take care of children and it was seen as as a sign of life women were the bearers of life And that could not be more important than anything else. So life and creating life in the body of a a woman was much more important than maintaining life through survivability and through hunting and stuff like that. And it is believed that she is the first goddess in existence. So if hunter-gatherer societies were worshipping any form of deity, it would be this goddess. And it is interesting to think that societies who did not know anything about writing or speaking or communicating in any way that modern humans does, and when I say modern humans, I refer back to around 10,000 BC, since the first civilization came, that these hunter-gatherer societies are much more impressed and consider the female to be the reigning Supreme leader, the goddess and the giver of life, which is fertility, and how important that is. Now, if we look across the continent from Europe, uh, away from any form of nomads, Homo sapiens, hunter gatherer societies, we see the rise of a new civilization, the first one ever in Mesopotamia, the Sumerian civilization, and of course, along with it come the Anunnaki. Now, I'm just gonna briefly go over the Anunnaki mythology and you can visit other episodes in the in the podcast to see how I talk about them and what their role is in the creation of mankind and how they manipulate. But long story short, the myth of the creation uh, is that two very prominent gods from the Anunnaki, known Enki as Enlil, they... They worked together and then they created the modern-day man by mixing the DNA from the homo sapiens of these hunter-gatherer societies with their own DNA of the Anunnaki. And then they created, as we know now, as the Adamites or post-Adam societies. This led to a lot of wars between the Anunnaki themselves, given that it was a break of the of the vow basically among different alien societies not to interfere with any species on earth and Enlil the brother known as the god of the skies took over and it is believed that any form of Abrahamic religion Judaism and then later Christianity and also Islam is basically the the birth child of Enlil and how he wanted to become the only god. And within these wars that were discussed in both the mythology of the Anunnaki and the Old Testament of the Bible, we reach a specific book in the Old Testament called the Book of Exodus. This is a very important book to me, and it talks about Moses and how he was pushed by Yahweh, also known as Enlil, to leave egypt along with people and to make their way to the promised land of israel and at this point from this point forward i'm gonna be talking about yahweh or allah the same as if i'm talking about enlil himself so if you can follow within that logic and It was deemed at the time that Enki had lost the the war with Enlil, Enki he was a friend of mankind and he lost the war and he moved his people along with his own son Marduk towards Egypt and that's where the birthplace of the Egyptian civilization began and there were a lot of wars rising between those two entities, between Enlil and others, against uh, Marduk and others as well. And in the book of Exodus, God or Yahweh or Enlil talks to Moses about leaving Egypt and about making his way across the continent to Palestine or to Israel. And he said something to him which is very interesting to me and stood out among the rest. He says this line, tells him, do not, do not make any treaties with the people of the country in which you are going, because this could be fatal a fatal trap to you. Instead, tear down their altars, destroy their sacred pillars, and cut down their symbols of the goddess Asherah. For I am Yahweh, a jealous God, and do not wish to share my people with any other God. It is very interesting to me, and this is something I'm going to talk about in another episode with a full focus on, about how there was never mention of other gods being fake in the Old Testament. There was only a mention of Yahweh not wanting to share his people with other gods. And in this specific instance, very important that he mentions only one goddess that was, was worshipped by the Akkadians at the time, and her name was Asherah. Asherah in them in the anunnaki mythology she is his father's wife not his mother but his father's wife and she was looked at as the goddess of fertility and life she is asherah is also ishtar Ashtarut and easter basically what we have today and she was very prominent in anunnaki mythology about how important she was and how worshiped she was by by the people because she was a symbol of life and fertility and from the moment that the people of Israel basically began their, their, their journey into the promised land and how they were led by Enlil and how he mentioned that he wanted the death of any symbol of this goddess herself, we start to see a shift it was the key moment of what we call as the death of the goddess. Because from that moment forward, people no longer cared about any goddess and they started worshipping the one God, referring to him as male and this was where the patriarchy came to be and it became important that men and the masculine energy be dominant throughout religion and politics from the Abrahamic religions to every facets of the world until today so we are talking nearly 8 to 10,000 years of complete masculine domination and we can see it in the Abrahamic religions in specific in Judaism in Christianity in Islam how one we refer to God as a male figure we no longer care about fertility about the the, the ability to bring life we no longer give importance to that aspect of creation we only care about him as a god as judgmental as focused someone with a plan anything that falls under the masculine energy strong driven focused structured this is exactly what god is this is what the abrahamic god is we also see it in the lack of female prophets and female priests within those religions imagine a religion that has spanned over six to seven thousand years and all the books talk about male prophets imagine god never sending a female to talk about the importance of God or talk about how we should repent. And it's always been male-dominated completely and never female. And females aren't allowed to be priests, aren't allowed to be sheikhs, aren't allowed to be rabbis. They aren't allowed to do anything. And once the, the Abrahamic religion spread all over the world, it also affected the rights of the women and how up to 100 to 120 years ago, before the suffrage and before women were allowed to vote and were allowed to have equal rights there was a complete dominance of men and this, you can you can feel it in every facet of society of economy, of finances, of wars that keep raging this is such a male-driven world there's always conflict, there's always division something that that is opposing female energy it opposes the energy of acceptance, of empathy of, of reception, uh, of nurturing and there was this joke I read once that if, if women ruled the world, there won't be wars, but there would be a bunch of countries not talking to each other. And while that's funny because it plays on a specific feminine uh, trait, it's also really not that bad, right? Like if we think about how the world would be if there were much more feminine energy to it. And I believe that if we had stayed the course and if we weren't manipulated at some point within our history as a human and how we gave importance to the goddess and to the feminine traits we would be living in a much much different world right now I even believe this is why Jesus, one of the masters, chose to die during Easter which is a celebratory date of the goddess Ishtar Easter comes from the word Ishtar She is the same one Yahweh in the Old Testament told Moses to destroy all her altars and symbols and then Jesus comes and chooses to die and mark his time through the time of of Easter and that's a very important moment because I believe he wanted us to remember and to celebrate this feminine energy and the feminine trait and Yeah, I think this is how I'm going to leave it today. Thank you for listening, as always. You can find me on all major podcast channels. And you can always find me on my Instagram page, paradigm.shift.experience, where I delve deeper into a lot more subjects. So if you like it, please share this. Tell your friends about my podcast. Follow my page on Instagram. And as always, thank you for listening.